episode. This has definitely been one of our more highly requested episodes. So I'm really excited that Andy could join us today. She's like the coolest person ever. The coolest. And, you know, I've been dying to do an episode on astrology and I couldn't think of anyone better to talk to than Andy. She is does so many things. And I met her back like probably four or five years ago. I was still working at Bread and Butter and we met through work and a friend. And she's just so knowledgeable about all of the things that we're interested in, manifesting and visualization and just like all the woo-woo things. Her podcast is called Your Woo-Woo Best Friend. And I love it. I highly recommend it. Check out her website. She just has the coolest content and is just such a wealth of knowledge. Definitely. And I'm so excited to be back with our episodes after taking a week off last week because mom and dad were in Hawaii. So I know we were both busy yeah, last week. Yeah, we made the executive decision to not record an episode last week because my parents were here. You were traveling a lot last week, too. Yeah, I was in New York twice <laughs> this past week. Yeah. Yeah, so excited to be back, and I couldn't have been more excited for an episode with Andy. I literally woke up this morning, like, so excited to talk with her. All right, well, tell me a little bit about the trip with mom and dad. Yeah, the week with mom and dad was super amazing. I was talking about this earlier with Perry, but it's just so crazy because they were here for 10 days, but it felt like they were here for, like, 20 minutes, but then also, like, a year. We did so many fun things. I think like everything that I had been wanting to do on the island we did. We did a helicopter tour. Um, I got to go to Pearl Harbor. I'd been saving that to go with dad. Um, And just like showing them different parts of the island and them getting to meet my friends was like probably the best part for me because I feel like with all of you guys, I talk about what I do all the time, but it's kind of hard for anyone to like know until they see it themselves. So like them seeing everything and being able to like actually picture like what I what I'm talking about and my friends, that was really fun for me. And then towards the end of the week, like the last three days, we went to Kauai, which was so much fun, and I had never been there before. And it was just such a different like vibe change from Oahu. It's like very quiet, country, like very peaceful. Um, and I think dad really loved it, especially after being in Oahu for a week, because Oahu can kind of he said it felt like New York on the beach, which is definitely very true. Um, yeah. It can definitely feel very crowded. So going to Kauai was like the perfect ending to my time with them. Yeah, it's um, I can't wait to I'm going home this weekend. So I can't wait to hear the full story from mom and dad. I know they had the best time. Yeah, they definitely lived, lived it to the fullest. Mom had such a good time. I know you if you guys listen to our episode with our mom, um, she had been, has been trying to get to Hawaii for like months now. And she finally made it. She just had the best time ever. And then dad getting to come was just like amazing as well. Mm-hmm. And just seeing them here. Yeah, that was awesome. And then my low was having to tell them bye. But the good thing is from that low that I'll be home in seven weeks, which is pretty wow. short. Yeah. So definitely like the least amount of time I'll have to go without seeing them. Yeah, totally. What about you? What was your high low of the week? Um, I think my high was we were in New York last week working on a really fun project. We got to redo Hoda's office for a segment on the Today Show. So that was really fun. I've always been a fan of the Today Show. So to be there with Hoda and Jenna and Al, it was really, really cool. Yeah, you were voted most likely to host the Today Show. I know. Full circle moment right there. Yeah. Um, But it was just a really good time being with the people I work with and 
Um, we saw uh, The Music Man on Broadway with Hugh Jackman. It was incredible. It was just so fun. I love a Broadway show. Yeah. I want to go back to New York. Yeah. I kind of – I love to visit New York and I love to leave New York. Every time I go there, I'm reminded how much I do not want to live there. I just can't deal with how dirty it is. And I just need space. You know, I need room to move. And it's cool because when we go, we stay close to Central Park. So going and walking through Central Park is always so much fun. Yeah, definitely. Maybe this summer while I'm home, we can make that, make a New York trip happen because that would be really fun. Because me and mom were trying to go Christmas and then it was 2020. So yeah, this Christmas. I don't actually love New York in the summer. It's like hot and miserable, but I love the fall and, um, winter so maybe we could do whenever you get back from wherever you're moving we could go yeah definitely um did you have a low this week yeah i didn't really know if i was going to talk about this but um yeah so clea the founder of the home edit came out with um her breast cancer diagnosis and so that's been really hard it's just um you know watching someone that you work with and you're close to have to go through something so hard. That's really difficult. But I do think it's important. You know, she is using her platform to promote advocacy for breast cancer and just knowing your body and really taking care of your health and putting that top of mind. And I just am really, really proud to know her and be a part of the company she's built. Definitely. I think that, you know, her story is so it's probably not unique to what a lot of people go through, but it is crazy because she thought something was wrong and couldn't get into a doctor. Mm-hmm. And she posted a lot about, you know, listening to your body, advocating for your own personal health and not just saying, Oh, I'm busy. I'll deal with this later. So. Yeah. And you know, she, this developed before she was even 40 years old. She had no family history of it. And yeah, she wasn't going to be able to get into the doctor until like May and she pushed ahead and thank God she did, or she could be in a much worse situation. Definitely. Yeah. Speaking of health, though, something I'm excited about is I started working with a nutritionist. Oh, awesome. Yeah. She actually was recommended by someone else that I work with like months ago. And I've been on her waiting list since September. And I finally got in. And last week, I had to go get all this blood work done. And her process is really cool. She looks at your um, your blood work and finds where you have toxicity and inflammation in your body. And it's kind of just like an investigation to figure out what's causing that. And so yeah, I just got my blood work done. And the next steps, we'll have our initial meeting um, where she'll talk about the results. So I'll keep you posted on that. I'm really, really interested um, into what she says. And, you know, I just think that it's so important to know your body and just as much as you possibly can, you know, you go to the doctor and it's so quick and they don't ever really get into the nitty gritty. And I just think, especially as you get older, just doing all the things that you possibly can to make sure that you're as healthy as you can be for as, as long as possible. That's so interesting. I want to go to her. When yeah. I'm well, my the my friend that told me about her, she actually did a food sensitivity test with her because there was so much like inflammation in her body that was due to um, eating foods that she was reactive to. And she found out that she was reactive to almonds and watermelon, which are two foods that were told are really, really healthy. So she was eating them all the time. And, you know, for her, it actually was having an inverse reaction. Wow. Yeah. That's really interesting. I want to go. I wonder yeah. if I could get in while I'm home. Uh, I mean, she lives actually in like Minnesota or Colorado, so it's all virtual. But I'll oh. send you her Instagram. Um, and yeah, you can send it, it to me. 
Send it to me for sure. And maybe- for me, I've worked out my whole life. Like I've always, you know, not not never had a problem with exercise. But I think it's the nutrition component that's hard for me because I try to eat healthy and I do for the most part. But, it, you know, it would be good and helpful to know if I'm eating something that's actually causing inflammation and weight gain, you know? I don't even know if I could go to her anytime soon after having mom here and all of yeah. the things that I literally – I have, I just told Paris yesterday, I was like, I am going full, like, force health mode because having mom here, she's like a little elf and she oh eats every 20 minutes, like, here's a cookie, here's a sweet, here's a chocolate. And it was amazing. And I, I got to eat so many good things while they were here. But like, that was one thing I was kind of excited about was just getting back on my healthy routine because you really do feel so much better when you're fueling your body with good things and I was filling my body with like cakes and cookies and donuts. What was the best thing you ate? Oh my gosh. Oh, so many different things. I'm trying to think. We went to like all of my favorite restaurants. Like, um, I would say though, my favorite thing I ate. Oh, that's hard. But we did get, I love the malasadas, which are the Portuguese donuts from Leonard's, which is like a famous place here. And I got to take mom and dad there and they were like obsessed. And they're like little, basically like donut balls covered in powdered sugar, like cinnamon sugar, I mean, and then filled with like cream and like these fillings. And it's just so good. And we got them like hot and it was just amazing. So we have a bunch of different things. And I think it was just going to different restaurants and trying places yeah. I hadn't been before so yeah that was a high point of New York um have you ever had a Levain bakery cookie no but I've Holy seen there it's the world's best cookie hands down wow it's so good I mean I and that's like that's like t- like it's, it it's must be if you can say that because yeah, you've had I a lot of good that with full full confidence um I'm wow. a big cookie gal it's my favorite dessert I think and the last time I was in New York, we were there for like 20 hours. And in that time period, I had to DoorDash one because I could not leave without it. Wow. That's amazing. What is something that you're excited about this week? Oh, I told you. I'm meeting with my nutritionist. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That was your excited. Okay. Um, so what's something that you're excited about? Oh, uh, let's see. Oh, wait. Can I go back to something I'm excited about? I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm excited about the nu- nutritionist, but this is something I'm really excited about. Yeah, go ahead. So my boyfriend is coming on Thursday to Nashville and we're going to a Preds game and then we are going to Oxford for Easter to spend it with mom and dad. I literally cannot take you seriously hearing you say the word boyfriend. I feel like this really? is a different person <laughs> that I'm speaking with. I don't know. I'm just like not very used to you having a boyfriend. Like I still, I keep telling people like I'm at work, like my sister has a boyfriend and they're like, what? I, I don't care. Why are like, people at work? It's so crazy. Like I just can't really get over the fact you have a boyfriend just yet. I know. It, it's really bizarre. I don't even like saying yeah. that works. I feel like it's, I don't know. I feel like it's like middle school. <laughs> I like it though, and I I like your boyfriend, but that's really exciting. It's nice that mom and dad already know him from like years yeah, ago, so it's not yeah, but, you know, definitely yeah. Just for some backstory, Ali dated her boyfriend in college too, so that's what mom and dad are saying. They're like, yeah, Ali's coming home for Easter, and it's just awesome. It's not gonna be a stranger, and we don't have to like act like we you know are on our best behavior or whatever. Uh, I would still like for them to be on their best behavior. Yeah. But 
That's so funny. I'm glad that they're excited about it. Yeah, no, they're really excited. I would kind of say going off that, my excitement for the week is also Easter. Um, first off, mom brought me an Easter basket and told me Aww. I couldn't open it until Easter. But I got off of work on Easter and um, I am having an Easter egg hunt for my friends, which is going to be really fun. And I'm going to go to church with my friends here. And I, don't, I haven't really never spent like a holiday without my family. Like I would say Easter, like to our family is, is a major holiday and we always are all together and stuff. And this will be the first right. one that I'm like not around for because I was home for Thanksgiving and Christmas. So yeah. You know, out with the old and with the new, this is the first year that we won't be doing our adult Easter egg hunt. So I know, I know. My parents would hide eggs with airplane bottles and money. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. no longer but no that's okay that. new traditions yeah new traditions for sure and I also put in my two weeks at work yesterday so I'm going to finish working on the 24th of April and then give myself like from the 24th to the 30th of May to just like enjoy Hawaii before I have to leave so I'm really excited about that too just kind of to like oh that's live. amazing yeah, I feel like I do take long periods off of work. Like, I didn't work at all when mom and dad were here. And it's not that I, like, work every single day. But I'm excited just to be able to do, like, whatever I want every day and um, kind of have that open time. Yeah, that'll be good. You can enjoy your time there. And um, I actually want to talk to you, speaking of holidays, so I was thinking about coming to visit you in the new place that you're going to the week of Thanksgiving. Oh, that would be so fun. I don't want you to be by yourself. And it's also my birthday again. <gasps> oh, my gosh. That would be so fun. I wonder how mom and dad would handle that. Um, I don't know, but I guess we'll find out when they listen to this episode. <laughs> that would be so fun. Because I was thinking about that. It's like where I'm moving. Here's another hint for everyone listening. I can't really like leave as easily as I could kind of just like jump from Hawaii even. Even mm-hmm. though Hawaii is so kind of long. It's going to be even more so. So I think the only time I really will be able to come home is probably Christmas. Yeah. So wow. that would be awesome to, I know. to come for Thanksgiving. That's what I'm thinking. So I'm excited about that. Um, yeah. All right. Well, let's jump into this episode. It's it's a good one. I think that a lot of yeah. people will learn a lot from this. I think that people hear the word astrology and they're like, oh, like that's so woo-woo. Like what even is that? And I think that Andy breaks it down and um, there really is such a practicality with astrology. And I just think it's so cool, especially to hear about all the people that have used it in their lives to make decisions like Napoleon. And it's so cool. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people's questions about astrology will be answered to this episode. So rather you're like new to astrology, you don't even know your sign, like you're unsure Mm -hmm. or you, you know, a good bit. I feel like everyone can learn from this episode with Andy. And Andy shares some great resources too, if you want to go in a little bit deeper. Definitely. So without further ado, let's welcome Andy Eaton, founder of We Week Girl and host of Your Woo Woo Best Friend podcast to Go Call Your Sister. We've had so many people say like, please do an astrology episode. Like we want to learn more. We don't know what this is. And so I'm just really excited we could talk with you today. Good. Yeah, I'm excited too. So, um, Andy, I just wanted to get a little bit, or I just wanted to hear a little bit about your background. You know, have you always been into astrology and how did you kind of get into it? Sure. So 
my background is very different from the world that I work in today. But I, I have always been interested in astrology. When I was a kid, I can remember when my parents would get the newspaper in the morning, I would go and flip into two sections of the paper. I would read the advice column, like whoever, you know, whoever was answering that. I don't, you know, it's like the, mm-hmm. just the, here's my, here's my problem. And yeah. here's the advice. I love, I always loved reading like what people had going on and what the recommendation was to help them. So I would read that and I would read the astrology and I would read, Same. I would read, yeah. So I would read my astrology and then I'd also read my parents and my sister and my brother. I just was really interested in like having a little bit of perspective for the day ahead of what could, could transpire in the world and like how we might be able to move through the world a little bit easier. So that was my, that was my intro to astrology as a kid. I love that. Those were the first sections I would always go to too. <laughs> it's good stuff. Yeah, but you worked in beauty for a while, right? Yeah, for a really long time. So my background is I worked in the beauty world. Um, I was a I was a vice president of sales and marketing for the brand Aveda, and I worked with Aveda for over a decade. So right out of college, I actually I worked in music for a really short time, and I loved it. I loved it so much, but it was um, honestly it didn't pay very much, and the hours were really incredibly long. And I decided that I loved music so much that I didn't want to ruin music for myself by having like any resentment in future. And so the other thing that I really loved was fashion and beauty. And so I started working in the beauty world when I was like 24, I suppose, and then was in, was in that world for a really long time. And I left the beauty space and I guess from a corporate perspective in 2014. So it's been a while, but I still do a lot of consulting work and a lot of my clients and my courses and programs come from the beauty space. So I still have a really great connection and I it's like will always be a part of me very much so. Yeah, I love your your career path. I remember talking to you about this a long time ago, but I think it's so cool because it goes to show that your interests can change and you're not married to a particular career or field. And I just think that's so cool. Yeah, it's it's really true. And for me, it's been I, I find that like, well, in my business presently, there's kind of like five different revenue streams. And even like five years ago, when I had left my corporate job and I was starting my own company, I really wanted to work in creative direction. That was something I was super interested in and had done some of that work working with Aveda. And so I was really focused on more of the fashion side and working with brands on the development of their aesthetic and their image. And I'm re- I really am not doing much of that at all anymore. And it's not that I don't still love that. It's just that over the last like four years, I've had other interests that have really begun to shape the direction of what I want my business and my company to be all about. And a part of that started from this interest and just the general well-being of people like reading the self-help column back in the day mm-hmm. and, and astrology. It's been a big part of what I've had interest in and helping people to find their highest path by looking at different modalities that can support them. Absolutely. I know. I totally think that you should get to know yourself in every way possible. And astrology is such a good way to do that. Um, so going off that a little bit, can you talk to us about an astrology chart? What are the elements included and what do they mean? Yeah, definitely. So 
astrology is definitely more than just horoscopes. A lot of times people think like, oh, I'm a Leo, so I need to read my Leo horoscope and that'll tell me what's going on for the day or the month. But truly to me, the essence of astrology is about the natal chart. And what that means is the chart of your birth and where the stars, the planets were placed in the sky in that moment. And for me, astrology has an intuitive component to it as well. The astrology that I trained in is intuitive astrology, but it's all based on a natal chart. So our ancestors tracked lunar cycles and things that were going on in the stars really since the beginning of time. And you can see that through history. It was very much something that was the norm. It wasn't really considered something that was mystical or kind of out there or kind of a, you know, just for fun. It was very much used for lots of reasons. And there was uh, there was a likeness between astronomy and astrology. It was really considered to be the same thing. It was used to help people find order. And some of that was as simple as just looking at the stars to determine weather, weather patterns or what the season shift was going to look like. Um, so there's all this, you know, history to astrology, but a chart itself is an imprint of the moment that you made your way into the world. And so the basic elements include the signs and the signs. There are four elements that you could have your sign fall in, and that's fire, water, earth, and air. And then there's the planets and then the houses and then also the aspects. And so when you pull your chart, you'll see that it looks like a wheel. It's kind of like this circular map almost and the signs are on the outer rim of the wheel and then as you work your way in you'll see the planets and the houses aren't the houses are actually all the way on the inside and then the best place to go find your chart there's lots of places to find it astro.com is a really great place i also really love channy nicholas's website her website i feel makes it really easy to understand your chart and she's got a really great book that you can you can pair with pulling your chart to get a deeper understanding of what your chart says about you. Oh, I've never heard of wow. her. I have to look, look that up. She's really, she's super cool. She's also just really hip and amazing. Um, but yeah, definitely follow, go follow her on Instagram. She's got a great app and then her website is a great place to pull charts. Yes. And we'll definitely link all of these in the show notes. So if you're listening, you can find these easily. But before I ask the next question, I wanted to ask, I know me and Allie's, but I've, I wanted everyone to say their sign because I'm just interested. Yeah. Um, but I'm a Pisces. <laughs> Allie, what are you? I am a Sagittarius. Okay. But I think I'm on the cusp between Scorpio and Sagittarius because I'm a week after Scorpio and I was supposed to be born in Scorpio, but ended up being a week late. So I'm right in on the cusp. Okay. I'm a Leo. And when you, when you are getting started in astrology, what's good to know is your big three. So sometimes if you hear people say like, I'm a Leo son, and then they start referencing some other planets and you're like, what are they talking about? What they're talking about is their big three. So for me, I'm a Leo son, I'm a Capricorn rising and a Taurus moon. So that's the big three, your sun, your rising and your moon. And the reason that big, the big three is what is considered to be kind of the most important on your chart is the sun is truly 
innately who you are. So for me, Leo Sun would mean that Leo is like who I am, am imprinted deeply in my soul. Your rising sign, some people say it's the mask that you wear. I think I like to think of it a little bit differently. It's not exactly like, to me, it's not exactly the mask. It's just kind of how you show up with people in the world because we're all really complex, right? It's like, we don't just have like one set of characteristics. So that rising sign is like how you are socially and how you are in business and how you are in communication. It's, which there's some other, some other planets that influence all of that too. But I I find the rising sign is kind of like what people would describe you as when they think about who you are. And then the moon sign is your emotional state of being. So Sometimes when people say things like, I'm a Leo, but I don't really feel like a Leo, it might be because you are really identifying more deeply with your rising sign or your moon sign. Or it can mean that you have a bunch of things going on in your chart that are really aligned to a completely different element. Like maybe you're a fire sun sign, like a Leo is a fire fire sign, but you've got a bunch of water in your chart in other planets. And so you don't feel that fiery energy so much. Yes, I love that. I'm um, uh, Aries rising and ascending. So I think I have three fire signs. Okay. Do you know your moon sign? Uh, No, I don't think I do. Okay. That'd be a good one to know too. I'm a Pisces and my sun is Pisces and then my rising is Cancer and my Ooh. moon is Virgo. So okay. my chart is kind of – actually, my chart has almost every single sign in it, which is kind of That's cool. crazy. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that Cancer Pisces combination is so watery. It's like, so like your attraction to just being being in the water and being connected to that sort of intuitive, dreamy feeling that water gives us is probably really, really relevant to your life. Yeah, and I live in Hawaii, so that yeah, makes sense. It makes, yeah. yeah, it totally makes sense. Oh, it's like awesome. why you thrive there completely. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So I guess just going off of that, what are some of the high level characteristics of each sign? Yeah, this is really fun. So I'll I'll run through these and I'm going to start at the top of the Zodiac and just work all the way around. So the first sign in the Zodiac is Aries and Aries is a fire sign. It is probably the fieriest sign. It's it's like incredibly charismatic. Aries people are really independent. They can be really youthful, playful. They're they've just always got great intention. They're they've got a, the ability to innovate really well. And when they're facing a little bit of the shadow side of themselves, they can be a little bit of they can have some impatient characteristics. So your Aries friend, if there's anything you would ever say bad about her, you might say, okay, she like has no patience for anything, but she's so much fun in every other way. So that's Aries. And I then- feel like I can relate to that with all the Aries <laughs> in my chart. And my moon sign is also Aries. So I have three Aries. Oh yeah. Then you could probably very much relate <laughs> to that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then Taurus is your Taurus people are steadfast, loyal. Taurus is ruled by the planet Venus. So they're also very sensual. They love beautiful things. Um, they can, they can take a lot of time to accomplish things, but it's not because they're lazy. It's, it's that they just are methodical. Um, Taurus, the, the, the shadow side of Taurus, they could be your stubborn friend. So when they're not when they're not like in their in their like best self, you might find that they're quite stubborn. And I know this energy really well. I'm a Taurus moon, but also my partner is a Taurus sun. And I have 
I talked about this on my podcast. It's like my entire life I've dated Taurus men for some reason, like I'm incredibly attracted to that energy. So that's your Taurus people. Then, okay. So then Gemini is next and Geminis are, they're so much fun. They're really smart. They're incredibly intellectual. You would oftentimes consider them to be quite multidimensional where there's parts of them that you didn't even know that they had. Um, they can be your best friend that you love to gossip with. And that can be sometimes the downside of a Gemini is that sometimes they get too connected into the gossip to like stay in, in the intellectual side of themselves. And some of my best friends are Gemini's. They are truly, they're, tr they're truly just joyful and are always the life of the party. Mm. I know it's so funny because now I'm thinking of everyone that I know that are these signs as we go through and uh -huh. it's so true. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. So next is cancer and cancer is like the mother moon energy of the Zodiac. Cancers are very nurturing. Um, they can be quite emotional, but in a really beautiful way, like they connect really deeply with people in that way. They're, they're very consistent. Um, when you consider cancer is represented by the crab. So if you think about like what a, the crab is in terms of like, you know, it's got that hard shell, but it's like really probably sweet and soft inside. And it's, it's like they're on the side of the beach, like kind of connected to land and ocean. Like that's very much the cancer. That's the cancer energy. They're very sweet natured. And if any, if any sort of negative characteristic about cancer that someone might, might say about them, it would be that perhaps that they're too sensitive or they like take things too personally. So that's cancer. And then that takes us through to the end of the summer babies and Leo is next. And this is my sun sign. So I, I definitely know this one really well. Leos are naturally charismatic. They are kind of like born performers. They love a stage, whether it's like an actual stage or just like giving themselves a stage. Um, they're really loving. Leos are the, the lion. So it's the king of the jungle. So they're really protective of their, of their pride. They want all of their people to be taken care of. Um, the negative trait of Leo, if there is one, they would be your friend that can be a bit self-centered and like things can be all about them. And you have to remind them that, hey, it's not always all about you. My, my mom has said that to me many times in my life. So <laughs> I know that one well. Leave it to moms to tell you the truth. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. So the next is Virgo and Virgos are they're so detail oriented. They're incredibly productive. They're analytical. They can be really hyper focused. They're really thoughtful as well. On my team, I always want to have someone who's a Virgo to help kind of balance my like big picture, like big vision dreaming. I want a Virgo to be like, okay, so I see that. And now let's figure out how we're going to like put the details behind this to make it work. So they're a great friend to have if you need someone to help you to like really get through the process of something. And they can sometimes be your judgmental friend. So sometimes you have to ask your Virgo friends to like let it go a little bit and like not be quite so judgy. So that's, that's Virgo. <laughs> um, Libra is next and Libra. So Libras love beauty. They're going to be your friend that has like the most aesthetic Instagram you've ever seen. And they just like do it really naturally. And like, they're not even trying. And you're like, how do they pull this off? But it's just like beauty just emanates from Libra. Um, they also are balance seekers. The 
the symbol for Libra is the scale. So they are always thinking about how to balance dark and light. And they are always thinking about how to balance just what's happening in the world. Justice is really important to them. They want to see relationship balance, harmony in like every way. They are they're really cooperative and easy to work with typically because they want to see things work. Like that's really important to them. They can be your friend that sometimes kind of is living in a pity party for themselves sometimes. So if you notice that that's what's going on with them, it's always good to check in with a Libra and just see like what's out of balance for you. How can I help you to find your way back into balance and feel good again? Mm-hmm. And like then, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So the next one is Scorpio. Scorpio is your witchy friend. They're very intuitive. They have just a natural power to them. Um, they can be very protective. I love Scorpio people because it's like kind of anything they put their mind to. It's like they can wave a magic wand and then they just make it happen, which is a really fun energy to be around. The, the one thing from like the shadow or the dark side that they can sometimes, the one trait that they can sometimes exhibit is a little bit of manipulation. And it's because they are so good at manipulating. Ma- they're like magic makers. So they can kind of manipulate for good, but they can sometimes do it for not so good too. Okay. Next one is Sagittarius. So, okay. Allie, you said you're a Sagittarius. Yeah. 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 Okay. So this one's you. So, okay. Sagittarius is, these folks are very much philosophers. Like they're deep thinkers. Sometimes people say, astrologers will say that in a former life, your Sagittarius people often were teachers, um, like very like philosophical style teachers. Like they would stand up at the pulpit and like, just like share the word. Um, (laughs) they love travel. Like that's very, very exciting for them. They're kind of natural optimists. They love truth. They're always like looking for like what's real here and like, what is the story really about? Um, they're usually really open-minded because they're, they just want to, they just want to like gather more information and, they can be fairly intense. So that's the one thing if you notice your Sagittarius friend. So Allie, when you're feeling like <laughs> extra intense, it's probably because you're like somewhere along the way, you're not feeling fulfilled in terms of like the knowledge that you're getting around a specific topic. Yeah. Bird, do you think that's accurate for me? I definitely could see that about you, Allie, but I made a TikTok the other day about how every like bad relationship I've ever been in has been with a Sagittarius male, (laughs) but I never have issues with Sagittarius females. It's just always the males. I don't know why, but I could definitely see that about you, Allie, especially the travel part. And I do feel like you're very wise. So I think the intensity too, like whatever I do, it's very intense. Sometimes I need to step away and just do something like playful and lighthearted. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good balance for Sagittarius. If you're feeling like, okay, everything has been just like really dialed in and like I'm feeling a little more intense than I want to be feeling, giving yourself that space to go out and play. And that's why I think travel is such a great thing for Sagittarius because that's going to just rebalance your energy in full. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. So then there's two more. Then we have Capricorn is next and Capricorn is like the CEO of the Zodiac. Your Capricorn friends are disciplined. They're hardworking. They're entrepreneurs. They're starting like 10 businesses. They're incredibly loyal and 
They can also be a little bit pessimistic. So if you find your Capricorn friends are kind of like negative, it's not necessarily because that they just walk around in the world with like their head down feeling bad. It's that they are very much realists. And so sometimes they have to, they have to like look at, they have to look at what could be possible and look at the light side of things so they don't get stuck in the pessimism. My roommate, um, Grace, and my best friend, she's a Capricorn. I could definitely see that. And I think that she balances me really well because of that. So I feel like sometimes I can just be like, oh, la-di-da-di-da. And she always knows, you know, what what really is going on. So, yeah. yeah. Those people, like, just know how to get things done. They, like, recognize what's real in the world and know how to, like, take what's real and make things happen. I feel like Bird and I, we could both be Capricorns. Yeah, you you may have more of that in your chart. Also, a Cap- Capricorn is an Earth sign, so that's kind of just an earthy earthy energy in general. So, and I I'm a Capricorn rising, so that's like that part of me is like I'm I'm constantly working on like things in my business and like constantly working on like how do I take steps up the mountain, and that's very much a Capricorn energy. Yeah, I I that's a good one. I like that. Yeah, it's it's it definitely is. That's why I call it the CEO of the Zodiac because you know you want those people that are going to get things done. And then the totally. last one is Aquarius. So this is um, the last sign. Wait, did I skip Pisces? Pisces is the last one. So actually, Aquarius is next, and then um, and then Pisces is right after Aquarius. So Aquarius is the rebel. They're the future thinkers. They're incredibly unique. There's sometimes like those people that you see out there and you're like, they're just like naturally way dialed into the trends before anybody else even kind of gets it. Like it, they're like setting the trends in a way that's like, how did you know that was going to be cool? And they just knew, they just always know. And they're often quite progressive as well. They've just got like really, really forward thinking ideas they can sometimes be a bit disconnected from reality. So Aquarius is when they're friends with Capricorns, that's a really great thing because the Capricorn will help bring them back to reality. So your Aquarius friends, sometimes it's just better to like let them be off in some sort of future reality because what they're going to bring back to you is going to be really interesting and cool. Mm -hmm. God, this was so helpful because I feel like I know a lot about my sign, but I don't ever know about other people's signs. And that's something that I wanted to learn more about. So when people are like, oh, I'm a Gemini, I'm a Libra, I could be like, oh, I see. So thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last one is Pisces, which I said there was only. Oh, sorry. No, no, you're good. Allie, you're trying to skip mine, Allie. Yeah. We're trying to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So the last one, not least by any means, because. This is Sarah Caroline. So here we go. <laughs> is Pisces. Pisces are incredibly artistic. They're mystical. Um, they're quite empathic. Like they've got this natural ability to just feel what's going on in a room. Um, they have a lot of natural sensitivity. They're quite spiritual. They're deeply connected to their emotions. And oftentimes they can be really connected to the emotions of the people all around them, too. It's very much like the deep sea sign. So Hawaii makes total sense for a Pisces. You're such an empath. I am. And our mom is also a Pisces. And that just makes a lot of sense too. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing that you have to notice with your, with your Pisces friends or your Pisces sister, if they, if they tend to get into a place of like complete escapism, sometimes you have to help bring them back because it's like, Hey, hello, we can't just like live 
like live out there in like some sort of, you know, Alice in Wonderland place. We need to come back to the real world sometimes. <laughs> wow, that is Definitely. so spot on. <laughs> yeah. And I I am like a major empath. Like I I can't even function when the people around me are upset. And I've always told people, like, I wish I could just kind of be like, okay, you know, you handle your emotions. I'm going to handle mine. But I feel like I, like, feel everything yeah. that the people around me are feeling. So I think that I am definitely a Pisces to a T. So. Yeah, through and mm-hmm. through. Okay, well, Andy, how can we use astrology in our everyday lives? Like, how can we incorporate it into business, relationships? How is it useful? So I love the conversation about astrology and business. That's something I talk about over on my blog a lot. When I first started studying astrology, I was vaguely familiar with the concepts of some of the sun signs, and I had some general zodiac knowledge. And then I came across this quote. This was, I don't know, many, many years ago, but there was this quote that I came across from the uh, financier JP Morgan, who has was the founder of JP Morgan Chase Bank. Mm-hmm. So this was the quote. It was millionaires don't use astrology, billionaires do. So I was like, okay, like give me more information. And what I found was that in business there are many, many people who use astrology to help set set foundations for business, to help guide thinking in business, planning business moves. Um for example, Napoleon never made a political move without consulting his astrologer. And she advised him on when to go into battle, when to hold. And he acted on her advice like every time. And the only time he didn't was the time that resulted in his defeat. So there's lots of stories of that, of just using astrology to help guide decision-making. And for me, my, my recommendation is that you work this way, that it's not that you look at your chart and then make decisions about what you're going to do, that you use your own best judgment. You use your intuition to make decisions. And then you go and you look at the astrological chart to help guide you in places that maybe you're not quite so sure. And I think that's, that's how intuitive astrology works is it's not about like dictating your life. It's about you living your life and then using astrology to help guide you. So you can for example, choose days like um, when this episode comes out, we'll have just gone through a really unique conjunction, which is the Neptune and Jupiter conjunction, which is a really special day. And there's days like this that happen all the time on the astrological chart. We've just come through or we're, we're presently in, but like the peak of it just happened. What's called the Pluto return for yes. um Oh, yeah, the Pluto return for the United States. And so everything has a chart. It can, a country has a chart. Your business has a chart. You have a chart. Your pets have a chart. Um, so you can use astrology in all sorts of ways to help you make decisions or reaffirm decisions that you're making or even fun things like just choose great day, like the best day, like really lucky days to like launch a new project or days that would be best for you to go on vacation or days that would be better for you to just stay home and do some self-care. So you can Mm -hmm. use it in all sorts of ways. Um, I highly recommend listening to Andy's podcast episode on Pluto returns. I had no idea that that was a thing and it's so interesting. We won't get into it today, but it was a really cool episode. So thank you for doing that. Yeah, definitely. What are your favorite resources? Because now I'm sitting here like, oh my gosh, I've got to get an astrologer. 
But are there any apps or books or anything like that that if people want to learn more, they could get into? Yeah, definitely. So I mentioned Chani Nicholas. I mean, she's definitely my favorite. And her her app and her website will give you, and coupled with her book, will give you a really, really good um, starting point. Then there's a guy, his name is Stephen Forrest, and he has quite a few really incredible books. Um, and they're all kind of great for getting started. He has one called, let me think of what it's called. It's called The Inner Sky. And it's kind of this like astrology classic. I love that one for just introducing you to the world of astrology and helping you to start to navigate. So those are the places I would start. Um, Also on Instagram, Eliza Kelly, it's uh, Eliza, A-L-I-Z-A. She's the astrologer for People TV, and she's got a hilarious Instagram in which she just gives all sorts of really great information about not only your astrology, like your sun sign, for example, but also astrology, the astrology of things that are going on in the world. She does a really fun job of like dissecting relationships and like how people's charts go hand in hand or like don't go hand in hand. She's been doing like this kind of running series on Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson's astrological story, which has been really fun (laughs) to watch. Yeah. So those are some good places to start. I love those. I'm like immediately searching on Instagram for them. Yeah. Um, so talk to us about Saturn return. I know what it is. I'm actually entering mine on April 30th, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is that for people that might not know? Yeah. Okay. So your Saturn return is a period of about three years, typically, when the planet Saturn returns to the position in the zodiac of where it was the moment that you were born. And this typically takes place for us around the ages of 28 to 30 the first time. And that's the one that we hear the most about because it's like kind of astrologers say it's the moment, like the defining moment of stepping fully into your adulthood. And to give you a, a understanding of the type of energy that can show up at various points within your Saturn return, it's useful to look at the archetypes associated with the planet Saturn. And this will give you a little bit of an understanding of why sometimes people are like a little bit afraid of the Saturn return. So the archetypes that are associated with Saturn are that of the grandfather, the teacher, time, lessons, and then also restriction, fear, responsibility, tests, structure, reality. And some of that stuff can feel kind of scary. It's like, oh, I like got to live my life up to this point, kind of like doing me. And now all of a sudden I'm going to face like tests and I'm going to have to like take responsibility in a new way. And there's going to be like these lessons and like constructs of time and these things that can feel pretty, pretty tough on us. And the beauty of it is that on the other side of your Saturn return, you've usually come through it, learning really wonderful lessons and like getting really grounded and like what you want your life to be about in the next phase. So I always recommend when people are going through their Saturn return, this is a really good time to find mentors that can help guide you. Mm -hmm. And it's a really good time to consider if up to this point, if the direction that your life is going is truly the direction that you want it to go, if what you're doing is the thing that's really going to light you up, or if it's time to consider new opportunities. This is a great time for that. 
And you're likely going to find that there's there is some dramatics that kind of go with a Saturn return. And so it's it's a good time to just like notice that that sort of stuff can be really great lessons and things that you kind of put to bed and walk away from as you move past this time period. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about mine. Yeah, and it's it's good to go into it with that mindset for sure. Yeah, that's so interesting that yours is coming up, Allie, and you know, yeah, like, exactly. I know. Wow. Um, okay, so the next thing I want to talk about, um, I feel like we always talk about Mercury is in retrograde, and oh my yeah. gosh, like this must be going on because this is happening in my life. But I feel like a lot of people don't really know exactly what it is. So could you tell us a little bit about that and then how we deal with it? Yeah, for sure. So Mercury is the planet of communication. It's the planet of technology and trade, um, commerce, all is associated with the planet Mercury. When Mercury is in a retrograde, it appears to be moving backwards in the sky and basically retracing its orbit. The reality is it's an illusion. The planet isn't actually all of a sudden spinning backwards but it appears that way from where we sit on Earth. So when we look up at the sky and we see Mercury, it appears that it's all of a sudden spinning backwards. So, okay, so then what does that mean? So astrology believes that the events happening in the macrocosm, i.e. like our solar system and our universe at large, can affect our personal experience and this microcosm of Earth. And so when a planet changes direction, specifically this planet of communication and technology, we can feel an impact in our day-to-day experience. So when people get all freaked out about a Mercury retrograde, what's happening is all of a sudden we feel like communication and technology, just like the planet is moving backwards, that those themes are also moving backwards. And so We can get into this headspace of like, oh my gosh, I'm trying to move forward or like I've got things I need to need to accomplish specifically in communication and technology is the big ones and everything just got stuck or everything like just started flowing backwards. And so somehow sometimes that will manifest as delays in travels or delays in projects or just like major miscommunication. So a big thing to remember during a Mercury retrograde is that it's a good time to slow down. It's a good time to be reflective. It is a good time to consider double checking everything you're doing and notice when things kind of feel that they are stuck and just allow yourself to kind of be with that, knowing that on the other side, you'll be able to kind of get back in like lots of good flow. Mercury doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to like totally screw us up. Sometimes like we go into Mercury retrograde and we're like, okay, my computer's going to break. All my flights are going to be delayed. Like I (laughs) I shouldn't like go anywhere. I shouldn't sign any contracts. It's not that you can't still like go on your vacation or like buy a new computer or like sign a new lease. It's just wise to be just like spend a little extra time making sure all of your I's are dotted and T's are crossed and like show up at the airport a little early or like double check all your technology is backed up. And if you do that, it can be a really prosperous time if you work with the energy appropriately. Yeah. Yeah. So don't fear the next right. time. When is the next time that 
Mercury is going to be in retrograde? So that's a great question. So Mercury retrogrades several times a year. So like people are often like, oh my God, how is it happening again? Because it does feel like it's going on all the time. So in 2022, we've already had our first one. It was, it was, it started in mid January. The next one is coming May 10th. And then the next one will come in the fall. And typically May 10th being the start date, typically you'll start to feel the retrograde energy sometimes up to like two weeks before. So by the end of the month of April, you could definitely be feeling some of that retrograde energy kind of depending on how it's reflecting back to you and your world. So I always just recommend like look at the retrograde dates and then give yourself like a window of time before and after to just slow down a little bit and like give yourself a little bit of grace. How long does it typically last? It lasts a little under a month. So like three-ish weeks. Wow. That's like Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not yeah, it's not like a quick like, okay, just we gotta hang hang on for three days. It's like truly when you look at the shadow of Mercury retrograde, what is which is what it's called on either side of the retrograde, mm-hmm. it's truly about a, a month to like five weeks, maybe six weeks that you could be feeling the retrograde vibes. Wow. And then you said that the day this episode comes out, we're going to be going through a conjunction. I'm just curious about that. If you could tell us a little bit about that as well. Oh, yeah. So the conjunction is actually happening right now. So depending on when this airs, we'll have just come through this conjunction. So the conjunction that we are experiencing is the Neptune and um, Jupiter conjunction. And both Neptune and Jupiter are ruled by Pisces. So there's this like very intuitive, creative merging. And what's really kind of cool about it is Neptune is like, you can, you can kind of like imagine Neptune is like the depths, like the very like deep emotional parts of your soul. And Jupiter is the planet of luck. So it's kind of like the fun, spunky, creative parts of your soul. So there's this merging of those energies, which for for most of us, this is going to be a really wonderful time to like get get out there and explore new projects while tapping deeply into your soul to make sure that these things that you're considering really resonate with you deeply at the same time. So it's a it's a really lucky and beautiful energy. Wow, I like that a little yeah. bit more. I think. <laughs> I know. Let's stay here. Um, switching gears for this last question, why is paying attention to the moon cycle so important? You know, we always hear it's a new moon, new moon rituals. What is what, what exactly does that mean? And then could you share some of your favorite new moon rituals? I know you have a podcast episode on it that's really sure. great. So maybe just give one or two or maybe skim over them, um, whatever direction you want to go with that. Yeah, definitely. So when we sync our lives to the cycle of the moon, we have the ability to really align with an energy almost every, it's like every three days that is quite different in terms of how the moon is working with us as humans on this planet. And so what does that even really mean? So the moon takes 29 days to complete a complete cycle. And it starts with the new moon. And that's a time when you, if you walk outside and look for the moon on the night of the new moon, you can't see it. It's completely dark. And if you think about how that reflects to you, 
it's a really wonderful time to kind of go dark yourself, like go inwards, reset, recalibrate, set new intentions. And then as the moon moves throughout the month, there's all of this new opportunity for alignment to the, to the lunar energy. So like after the new moon, we move into the waxing crescent and then the first quarter. And so if you go outside and look at the moon on the night of the first quarter moon, for example, that is when you're going to see basically a half moon. So it's like the light has started to enter. And that's a really wonderful time to start nurturing your ideas, creating action, like start to let the light in and start to light up what's going on in your life. Then of course it moves around to the full moon and you'll hear people talk about, okay, this is a really great time to manifest and what's happening from a lunar cosmic perspective and how it relates to you is the full moon is now we're completely lit up. There's all this energy shining our way, illuminating what's going on within us. So it's a really wonderful time to consider what you want to call into your life. And then it rotates right back around to the end of the lunar cycle to the new moon again, which is that time to go inward and tap into your intentions. So I love in terms of new moon rituals, I love to spend time journaling, doing deep intention setting. So that's quite different, honestly, than creating your manifestation list. Intention setting is more about how do I want to show up? What's important to me? How do I want my life to look over these next, if you do this every month, over these next 29 days? And what are some of the things that I'm going to connect into that can help me to be in alignment with that? So I love just journaling as a practice, as a ritual, on the new moon. There's some really fun ones that you can do too, like fire release rituals. We have fire release ritual, I think definitely on my, on my blog, um, long energetic cleansing baths. So just like getting in the bathtub and like soaking it out really good new moon ritual cord cutting is a really good one. You can Google it and learn more about cord cutting, but it's basically an emotional attachment release ritual. So those are all really nice during the new moon when you're going in words and when you're really thinking about nurturing yourself. Mm. You have some great um, new moon cycles and rituals on your website too. So I encourage people to check that out. Yeah. We've got lots of stuff about the moon. If you go on our website and just Google moon rituals, you'll get all sorts of good stuff. I fall into a black hole on your website. I just (laughs) am so into all of it. Definitely. Um, And Just for people who are interested, could you tell us where to find you and a little bit about the workshops and courses that you offer? Yeah, definitely. So you can find me at WeWeGirl. It's O-U-I-W-E-G-I-R-L. That's my blog, Instagram, all of those good things. We also have just launched a personal empowerment course studio, and that is called WeWe Studio. So it's again, O-U-I-W-E and then studio. And we've got workshops and courses over on the blog. We've got tons of free resources, downloadable journals, lots of, lots of stuff to help you along the way. The two courses that we have running right now, we have Rituals of Manifestation. We actually run that course in alignment with the new moon each month. So we started all over again every single month. And it's a self-guided course that gives you step-by-step easy instructions around working with the lunar cycle to coordinate that with your daily practices to help you learn to manifest more. And in that course, it's, it's a really fun course and you can do it all at your own pace, but it's got 
29 days of journal prompts. It's got meditations and breathwork practices that we recommend for each of the lunar cycles that will help you manifest more. So I love that class. Bird, we should do that one together. I know. I was like immediately. Yeah, you guys, you guys should come to the next, come next go round. So on the next new moon, you guys should sign up for sure. Yeah. So that's our big, that's our big course that we do every single month. And then I have a course called manifestation blueprint that we, we offer several times a year and that one is more strategy. And so it's about taking what you want to create for your life for the 12 months ahead and mapping it out. It's, um, it's an on-demand course, but we offer it, we open the doors for it four times a year. So it's like, we'll do it again on the summer solstice. We just finished up the spring um, the spring enrollments and then we'll do it again, summer solstice. So if it's like, all right, this summer, like I want to like get really serious about like mapping out my year ahead, like what's to come through the, you know, the rest of this year and the first part of 2023, that's a great course for that. You guys come to the next session of rituals of manifestation. It's really fun to do with a friend because there are some practices that you'll learn breathwork meditations that you can just like pop onto zoom and do together or like work through your journal prompts together and like reflect on them with each other. And it's, it's a really fun, fun way to be with your person. The next new moon should be pretty soon or in the next few weeks. So yeah, the full moon is coming up. Um, while as we record the full moon is coming up this weekend and then the new moon for, uh, for next month, let's see, new moon is on. It's actually the, right at the end of April. I think, I think is the start date. Oh, cool. Well, yeah, Bert, yeah, we'll have to check it out and do that together. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. actually on the 30th. So, yeah. Oh, just oh Allie, it's the same day as your yeah. Saturn return. Oh, wow. Okay, definitely doing it. I'm going definitely. With, with all the good energy I can. <laughs> yeah, come on. Let's do it. Okay, well, Andy, we like to end with these last two questions. The first is, what is a mantra that you are living by right now? Mm, this is so beautiful. I love this question. Um, I kind of have two. I have one that I've been living by all year. And that one is I am bountiful. I am beautiful and I am blissful. I love that one. Wow. That's really and, beautiful. Yeah. It's a good one, right? It's like just a reminder, like you have everything you need. You are a beautiful person and you're so mm-hmm. blissed out. You've got this, yeah. like, it's a good one. And then the other one that I've used for years that I kind of just like, when I started my business, I was like, this is my mantra. And so I hold this one really close and it's everything you can imagine is real. That's incredible. I feel like I've that mantra has been like very relevant in my life. I actually, um, like short story, but Allie and I met this spiritual teacher at a farmer's market in Mm -hmm. Hawaii in October. And she literally just said the same exact thing to me two weeks ago when I saw her at her booth again, which is so crazy. Oh yeah. So good. That's really, really is so true though. Like you create your reality, anything that you think it's meant for you or you wouldn't have thought it. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, so we normally end with a would you rather question, but this week we thought it would be kind of fun to do an open-ended. I guess we do open-ended kind of often, Allie, but um, the open-ended question would just be, if you could be any other sign than the one that you are, which would it be? Any Mm, other sun sign. Yeah, that's really fun. I would be, I would be an Aquarius. I would be an Aquarius. Mm. And if I were an Aquarius, I would have known to invest in Bitcoin and buy NFTs before <laughs> anybody else did. So I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'd be yeah. like a Bitcoin millionaire if I were an Aquarius. I think I would be, 
I would be a Libra, I think. I really like the mm-hmm. um, you know, the beauty aspect of that and how much they love beauty and balance. And I think that I could definitely incorporate some more balance into my life. Um, so yeah, I'd have to go Libra. I, yeah, I was thinking Libra as well when we were running through them, but I also like my Leo friends are so fun and they're just so contagious to be around. And so I would say they're Leo or Libra, I think. Those are good ones. Yeah, I like that. Well, Andy, thank you so much. It was so great to talk with you. It's been so long. It's so much fun keeping up with you on social media and through your podcast. So thank you so much for taking the time. You bet. It's been my pleasure. So good to get to be with you too.